So good. Great to have you here and good to be together as we kind of kick off a new year. I know between Christmas kind of being snowed out on the 23rd, which was so disappointing, and the, the snowstorm that came and ice. Um, and then obviously it's a, it was kind of a, an odd year with not having gatherings both on Christmas Day and New Year's Day. Um, here we are just a few weeks later. It's a long time in between gatherings, but it's so good to be back. Hey, if you have a Bible you want to open with me, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Over the coming weeks, we will kind of bring you up to speed on our spiritual practice for the first quarter, which we're excited to introduce a little bit and get us going. A reflection on last year is probably necessary, too, a little bit, just on our switch towards a couple things. One, and we have obviously highlighted this a little this morning, but one is just taking the first Sunday of every month as a gathering in homes and in communities together and really putting the church in the hands of the people, the liturgy in the hands of the people. You know, we gather a lot here uh, corporately together, but one of the things we've wanted to do is put church in your hands. I don't know if you notice this. There's a ton of talk about church, right? But is it not best practiced when we are all engaging together? And this has been a great transition towards that. It doesn't come with some bumps along the way, but it's been a great, great year as we kind of move towards that. Obviously, the other thing is just the bivocational, co-vocational space that we've entered into. And so, as you know, last year, um, kind of spreading out our team a little bit, and we saw that this morning. And, you know, one of the things we've just been kind of dialing in and checking a little bit on is like, how's this going? Um, And we feel like, I know we're just at the beginning of this, but feel really good. You know, one of the questions just asking is, at least I've been asking, is are we kind of getting the same output at the end of the day as a community, the same type of care as a community at the end of the the day? And we very much feel like that, which is good. This is the most important thing, that the community's cared for, and we can all each play kind of our role. So we're really excited to kind of move into the future of communities on, on the first Sunday of the month, and to continue to cultivate, I know I use that word a lot, this co-vocational vision, and the practices together. And so over the next few months, we're going to focus on a few things. One is a theology of money. We're going to focus on a theology of sex. For a couple weeks, we're just going to do these short spurt kind of series. We're going to focus on a theology of work. And then throughout Lent towards, um, uh, from Lent towards Easter, we're going to uh, focus on what I feel is going to be really great. It's really my first crack at a theology of the body. And just wrestling through how you and I just don't have a body, we are a body. And what the scriptures talk as they talk as they talk about resurrection and our future hope. We're going to talk uh, in and through that a little bit about trauma and what it does to our bodies and our experiences and how as redeemed people in Jesus, our bodies very much matter. So just to give you a snapshot a little bit of where we're headed over the next few months before Easter and then post-Easter, we're going to walk through as we do every single year, take time to walk through either a letter or a book of the Bible. We're going to walk through the letter of Colossians, which I'm excited about. And I just know you are too. You're just on the edge of your seat, aren't you? You're just so excited about this. It's great. Um, but for now, I got we got a couple weeks here, and I just want to revisit something that we've talked a little bit about, but I think is very important for any practicing community in the way of Jesus. 
This is what Paul says, 1 Corinthians 12. He's writing a very, very messy community in Corinth. All sorts of backward stuff going on. There's leadership fractions. There's all sorts of sexual immorality in the church. Uh, you know, I often say people I often idealize the early church. So like, we just got to get back to being the early church. And I always ask, have you read about the early church? Like, have you read about these people? We kind of put them on a pedestal and idealize them and idolize them. But one of the things we know early on is these groups of Christians are trying to work things out. They're trying to figure things out. And so Paul is writing them letters back and forth in Corinth to help them with how they're to live. He says this, verse 1. You with me? That was a, that was a lot. I know, mouthful. I, I started very quick there. The cadence of communication. Isn't it fun? It's great. You there? You good? Okay, verse 1. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters... I do not want you to be uninformed. You knew that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one in the church, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one person in the community, there's given through a Spirit through the Spirit, a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these things are the work of one and the same Spirit. And here's the thing. He distributes them to each one just as he determines. It's fascinating, you know, sitting in a, a role of like teaching at a church and leading a church. And oftentimes there are different types of topics that kind of become prevalent and people kind of ask questions as to whether or not we can kind of talk through some of them. And it's been fascinating amongst all that we're seeing in our cultural moment, all of the left and right politics and the upside downness of our moment since COVID. It's fascinating to me that the one topic that often keeps coming up with, that people have questions about is this thing called the gifts of the Spirit. I think a lot of us in this room have grown up in the church and have had different experiences along the way. And with that comes what, what do we do with what Paul says here and in some other places in the New Testament around the gifts of the Spirit? And I think this pursuit is actually a, a pure one. People, I think those of us sitting in community like this today, we want a place and space where we are useful. Are you with me? Like there's a sense, and I, this is beautiful, a pushing back of the church just being a few people that are kind of paid to do the work. I have sensed, like in the true outworking of what the Spirit's doing in the church, there's a longing to like participate and to be known and, 
and to join in on the community. And with that comes, what are my gifts and how does this work out? I read Paul talk about this. There's another actually passage in Romans where Paul talks about this. I'll read it quickly. It's, it's very similar to the Corinth passage. Paul says, Romans 12, for each of us has one body with many members. So the physical body, right? And these members do not ha all have the same function. So in Christ, we though many form one body, each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then brothers and sisters, serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. And so you pick up here that Paul is kind of using some of these lists to encourage the church here are some things that you can move and work in to build up the body of Jesus. And I really think there's nothing better we could kind of hone in on as we begin a new year, and especially as we kind of dive deeper into our vision as a church of co-vocation, of participation, of communities on Sundays, of all that we're leading to, just to remind ourselves of the gifts and things that God wants to move in and through us. Now the tension is, you hanging in there? You okay? The tension here is, and you've probably heard me talk a little bit about this, I just use the gifts. I just use the word gifts. The problem in the New Testament, and specifically here in 1 Corinthians 12, guess what word is not used in the original language? The word gift. So some of your mind is going to be blown. Please hang with me, okay? Because we're, we're, going to, we're moving towards something. And I don't want to rattle us to the point where we don't believe this to be true. But in the original language, there is no word gift here. We have some wonderful people over the centuries that have helped translate the original language into English for us. And you thought, we just read here in English. Now, Paul says, now about the gifts of the Spirit. Why would... English translators do that for us. Well, I think there's some reasons because I, I do think the idea of gifts for us is a picture of kind of what we can bring to the community. The problem is the word isn't there. It's fascinating that Paul actually says here to the community, I don't want you to be uninformed. And the irony is, is that most of us are uninformed. And I don't mean that in a judgmental way, just as a way to say the word gifts isn't actually here. And I would actually argue that the English word gift doesn't always help us with what Paul is saying when we talk about, quote-unquote, the gifts of the Spirit. Um, the word here for spiritual gifts in, in Greek, and there's no test at the end, okay, and I'm not, not trying to nerd out, but it does help us. The word is pneumaticos. Can you say that with me, pneumaticos? All right. You can just go dazzle people at lunch with that. I learned something in church, pneumaticos. And there's no Greek word charisma or charis there at all with it. It's kind of its own word, pneumaticos, that again the English translators translate as spiritual gifts or gifts of the Spirit. It's probably not the best translation because again these two words are never together. And you know, I think actually shaping our mind, and we've talked about this in our community, maybe in better ways will help us understand what, how we can be used and what we can actually bring to the community. Um, 
I think probably the better translation of the word pneumaticos for our time is spiritual things is probably one way to think about it. I've been really shaped by a guy named Gordon Fee, a great Old Testament scholar. He just died a few weeks ago of old age, but he calls the spiritual gifts, his translation is better translated, he calls them the spirituals. I like that, the spirituals. Uh, A more contemporary writer and uh, pastor translates this as stuff the Spirit does. That's actually a better kind of way of thinking about spiritual gifts is stuff the Spirit does. And if you've been around our community for the last few years, I use the term spirit stuff. The reason why we should maybe caution a little bit from the word gift in our minds when it comes to being Western people is that word has connotation to it. And it also has experience to it because many of us are sitting in this room and there's been tension if you grew up in the church over your life, the ultimate search for that what? That one spiritual gift, right? Just that I need that one, I need to get to that one spiritual gift. So much so that some of you are in therapy like me because you went online in the mid-2000s to this thing called a spiritual gifts test, right? And, and I'm, not, I'm not dogging this. If you've done that, wonderful. But I know my experience was, you know, in pursuit of my one spiritual gift. And then at the end of the day, it was just really about things I liked to, to do. And at the end, it spat out some things about me that I had kind of already known, along with being a deaf interpreter as my spiritual gift, which was a challenge because I don't sign, but you know what I'm saying. And the, t- the tension here is, There's really in the scriptures no such thing as spiritual gifts as much as the language is spirit stuff. And when we read these lists, and this is just my, just from the people that I've engaged, I actually really believe this. What we want to do is we want to break down the number of gifts that Paul talks about here or the number of spiritual things that Paul talks about here. And we want to put them kind of in lists. I've seen, you know, and I've even done this myself, where you put the 22 things that Paul talks about in the New Testament and go, which one is mine? I actually think these, in Paul's writing, are not exhaustive lists. These are very real things, but they're not exhaustive lists. It's not everything. And one thing that this can do is it can relieve us from the pressure of trying to find that one thing on the list that fits you. Now, we'll talk about this in a minute because I do think, and I use this word a ton, I apologize, but I actually do believe we can cultivate some of the things that Paul says here. Some of us are gifted towards those things, but here's where I want to blow your mind. I actually don't think what Paul is saying, and scholarship would back this up, especially some of the Pentecostal scholars that I've engaged, that it's as much we have one spiritual gift as much as all the things we've just read are available to all of us in the right time. Let me say it again. Instead of the pursuit of like, hey, one thing in the list that we just read, I really believe Paul is dialing in on here's a bunch, it's, it's really pretty simple. I know Paul was like a theologian and all that, but I believe what he's saying is here's a bunch of spirit stuff And you should be ready and available by the Spirit to be used in these things when the right time comes. And so some of you are jaded like me because especially in the area, and it was was actually spoken here, in the area of healers, right, and healing, we have people that just profit off of, I, that's my, I'm I'm a a healer, I'm 
I'm the guy, I'm, I'm the girl that is the healer person. What's fascinating is instead of seeing that active in hospitals, it's more in arenas and big churches than it is like probably in the spaces necessary. But brothers and sisters, I'm a little edgy here on the first Sunday of January. That's for another time. And not to say that some of that isn't legitimate, but I think Paul's reading and writing of this is that we could all enter into that type of spirit work. Whoa, your mind blown? Maybe not. This changes the game for some of us because it takes it off, here's the person who has the spiritual gift and is elevated and says to all of us, as we participate in community, brothers and sisters, let's be open to this stuff. Let's be open. Now, with that said, I'm going to say the word again. I, I just use it a lot. It's fine. I think it, it, it speaks to something. I do think some of us are gifted in certain ways that could be cultivated to where the Spirit uses us in that, and it is something we can bring to the community often. Does that make sense? So I do believe that all of the things that Paul is talking about here through the New Testament kind of lists are available to all of us. I also do think you're sitting here this morning, and I am sitting, and we, we all have things that we're actually good at that could be a benefit to the community and the Spirit could use through us. And I actually think, while it's true that all of these things are available to us, we should be very open and attuned to some of the things maybe that we are gifted at. Though the word if gift isn't used here, I do think, you know, we do want to create a space where when we look at these type of things that are even listed, that if you have, you have the ability and the prompting and you've developed the skill in some of these areas, that you do them and be open to the Spirit and using them. Not to elevate a type of status or even a, you know, a type of climbing the ladder within the Christian community, but just as a way to say we are all gifted uniquely. And I've seen this at play even as we read this morning. I think of people who have taken time to cultivate certain types of ways in which they engage this so that they're ready to go for the benefit of the community um, to, to kind of bring what God is using in and through them. Does this make sense? Are you out there? All of this is available to all of us. And then if you're good at something, bring it, right? Paul actually says here that this stuff, the spirit stuff, um, it's for the common good of the community. It never contradicts what's been written in Scripture. It's for our good. And it's, it should be brought in community when we feel the Spirit's prompting. And it's for the common good of what God is doing here. And it's fascinating that Paul would say it's actually the Holy Spirit then that distributes these things. It's the Spirit that leads us and guides us into these things. Because ultimately what the, what the Spirit stuff or the spirituals do is it helps us as a community continue to carry on the kingdom work of Jesus. Had a great conversation with somebody this morning just before a gathering and we were talking about the Bible because they just had read through the Bible in a year and it was just amazing in their own story to hear what God's doing and you know one of the things we just talked about is how man like when you read the scriptures human hands are all over it instead of divine tablets from the mountain that just kind of come down like God actually used people to participate in different cultures and times and places and spaces, communities, different cultures. Obviously, throughout history, God uses these type of people to join in and partner with him. 
And one of the things we got talking about this morning is, isn't that fascinating that this is actually the moment we live in? That if God wanted to do it all on his own, guess what? He, good, he, he could, because he's good, but that's not how this story is wired. That God is actively participating with us, and we are participating with him. And so the spirit stuff is a way to remind ourselves that yes, we join in and we join in, for, uh, join in with God in the renewal and rede- redemption of this world. And we bring, yes, things that are prompted to us and yes, things we've developed in our lives for the greater good. Jesus was the prototype of, for resurrection, right? And Jesus was the prototype of what it looked like to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the prototype language reminds us that we actually carry that on. We walk in that. Some of you are thinking, wait a second, God's not just going to do it all? No, I actually, I have a very high view of the church from reading the scriptures to see, man, like we are called into this and our participation actually matters. So a couple things, or maybe just one big thing as we kind of, we come to the tables and we wrestle, we wrestle through this a bit. Amongst all, amongst the big idea, right, that this is all available to us, I know the question kind of is, well, what about me? right? Like, how do I live this out? What, what can I see kind of happen in my life? And I just want to remind us just to be open and ready to the Spirit. Just be open and ready and participate. I think it's as simple sometimes as asking God, God, like, how do you want to use me within the church? With humility, coming to God with our lives. So, I would encourage us just to be open with our lives over the next year in what you bring and at times when there needs to be encouragement, when times when there needs to be a word, in times when there needs to be needs met, whatever it is that you just be ready to go because there's all of us would be ready as there's this rhythm in our own community of God, how do you want to use me? But I do, I I want to be careful with this. I do want to let you in on a little secret. Our preparation... And our openness actually really, really matters. Like even what we bring here on a Sunday in the gathering really, really matters. Um, You know, it's interesting. At the end of last year, which is like three weeks ago, don't you love that? You're like, see you next year. Oh, man, that's a good one. Um, I listened to this teaching of a, a teacher guy on prayer, and it was a phenomenal teaching. And what I realized um is that this guy, and I reference him often, he did a teaching twice. Almost word for word, he did the same teaching. One was at a conference, a prayer conference, and at that conference, he did this teaching, and you could just sense it. You could, in my earbuds, you could hear the anticipation in the room for this teaching. And so as he shared, not only was there laughter and joy, you could tell there was a sense, even, I didn't even watch it, just listening, that in the room it was being received by the Spirit. He did the same teaching a couple weeks later on a Wednesday night at at his local church, which is a great church, and almost word for word did the same teaching, and you could tell that the vibe in the room was just different. You could just tell. And this is not to like, you know where I'm at with like the hype show and like trying to manufacture stuff. I'm not talking about like the hype show here. But it was just fascinating to listen to this and the reception of 
what you could tell was happening in the room and how the spirit was moving. And I just kind of, I think we take that for granted sometimes. That us coming and participating with open hearts and postures in what we bring, it actually matters. I've, I've seen this in my own life. Teaching almost two of the exact same teachings in two different environments and getting two very different results. Some of us are thinking, well, isn't it about the teaching and what's being said? Well, I think that's part of it, but I also think a community that's receptive of the teaching and the worship and, the, and everything that comes together in our gatherings. I don't want this to be like a heavy burden on us, but I also think the other side is how we receive our type of openness, it actually really matters. Two, two things spoke, the same thing spoken in two different environments, two different outcomes. Guys, I've led worship in a lot of environments where like the music is banging and good and it just, there's not a lot of reception in the room. And we're just not open enough to talk about this honestly. I'm not talking about the hype show. I'm not trying about trying to like pump ourselves up. Just as much as environments matter. We actually see this, and you've heard me talk a little bit about this. We see this actually in Acts 11. There's this guy named Barnabas who meets up with the Apostle Paul, Paul who was known as Saul, and they come to a church in Antioch. And we learn about what happens at this church in Antioch, and we learn a few things about who this church was. They were learners, so Paul and Barnabas come, and they teach for a year, and the image we get of this church is they're just so receptive of this gospel, this new work. They're on the edge of their seats day in and day out. Paul and Barnabas stay there as, as learners, and they're, they're learning in community. They were generous. So there was a famine, and Paul comes, and one of the things that they do is they just turn their lives in, they begin to give, they begin to meet the need of a very severe thing that was going on in Jerusalem, and they're just, they're hungry, they're receiving the word, they're receiving the teaching, they're generous, and then the other piece we get is that they just practice the disciplines. We hear about this community, they're serving each other, they're fasting, and they're praying. There's something, again, there's something cultivated within the community where you can just, even as you read Acts 11, I encourage you to do it, and over into 13, you just feel it within the community. Guys, there were other churches at other times within the ancient Mesopotamian at this time, but we learn about this church as being receivers, as being open to the Spirit, using their gifts, being open to the Spirit stuff, ready to go, and because of this, this is actually through the church in Antioch, if you know anything about Paul's missions, this is where Paul goes through, the rest of the world has changed, to where a bunch of wonderful people on the second Sunday of January, worlds away in London, Ontario, on a pretty cloudy day, sit because of that mission going forth. You with me? This church was open and moving and receiving and because of that openness, here we are. And I know it's the easy, the easy game is, well, God would have just done it anyways. Yeah, maybe. But I look at a pretty open group where we see that these people go out and they begin to change the world. And this church is a staple in the move of what God is doing throughout the Acts of the Apostles. And so I don't want this to be like a burden on us, right? Like I don't, like you guys know, we, we don't want like a heavy burden on like this is what you got to do and you got to, you know, like earning our way to becoming a great church. That's not what, if you know me, please, you know me. That's not what I'm talking about. But I do wonder like expectation and openness 
And what we kind of see happen here as we gather together, is it important? I absolutely believe it's important. Not because it should be a weight, but because it should be a joy. Because we should be a community that receives this with joy and ultimately, hopefully, along the way, sees the world changed, right? We know a lot of lofty talk about changing the world. I think it's about us as a community receiving this. And so the spirit stuff for us as a community, my prayer for us is that we'd be open to it. And as God prompts you and leads you within this community over the next little while, you know, I know some people ask, where do I fit? And, you know, as you think about your own context and life within the, the life of the church, I love that. That's beautiful. These are all good questions. But I would just call us to be open. Open to what the Spirit's doing, opening our lives. And as we look at 2023, I believe this type of open posture to say, come Holy Spirit, move among us Holy Spirit, will be the thing that leads us into our future. And as we look at 2023 and what we have ahead of us, that we could be like the church in Antioch in many ways where there's something happening among us. Not climbing a ladder, not, not the hype machine. We left the smoke show at, you know, at home. I left, I left the smoke detectors in the, uh, the, uh, the, what do we call it, smoke machines in the, in the storage closet over in West London. Um, I don't think they do so well in here anyways, just a, just a thought. But um, no hype show, but just thinking about, yes, God, do, do your work within us. Do your work within us. And so even right where you are right now, why don't we just do this? The, the team is going to come and they're going to lead us in a second here. But even right where you are right now, why don't you just close your eyes? And without trying to climb a ladder or trying to be impressive, why don't we just as a community say, come Holy Spirit, have your way among us. Move us in the spirituals, the things that you want to move us in. Help us in the right time with what we need. And God, I also, I pray that what's cultivated in our community here, the different gifts and the different parts that make one body, may we move in that well. For some of us maybe in this room this morning, it's just a reminder of some of the things that you have gifted us with that we could take seriously this year as a way to be a benefit to this community and what you're doing in the world. Either way, King Jesus, I pray that you would help us, be our guide. I pray for encouragement. Pray for words. Pray for teaching. Pray for serving and the meeting of needs that are going to just happen in this community over the next year. Pray for generosity. Some of us that are just have been open and, and mindful, God, of just being generous and meeting needs. I think of the, the, the numerous needs within our own city, God. Some of us, that's just, that's what you're doing in us. Do it, Lord, I pray. God, for some of us, the, the mindfulness we have towards other people that come into the community and following up and meeting needs, God, use us, whatever it is. Just pray that you'd remind us that these things are available to us so we open our lives to that. Do your work within us.
Do your work within us.